Welcome to the latest Big Hospitality podcast. I'm Big Hospitality and Restaurant Magazine Deputy Editor Joe Lutrerio. Apologies for the quality of the recording. For obvious coronavirus-related reasons, this podcast has been recorded over the phone. Today we have Brighton Hove restaurateur David Toscano, who runs two highly rated pasta-focused places under his Chin Chin brand. He's been doing a whole range of things to keep himself and his staff busy since the coronavirus forced the closure of his site. Um, thank you so much for, for um, joining us, David. How are you today? I, I'm not too bad, considering. Um, thanks, thanks for giving me the opportunity to, to tell our story, really. It's an absolute pleasure. I, um, I guess the first question is, you since, since obviously this has sort of come in, in, in waves, that this problem, and, and you've sort of responded to them by re- repositioning your restaurants and what they offer people. C- can you sort of talk us through that for, for, from the beginning? Yeah, I mean, the last week, let's say the last week and a half feels like 10 years ago, really. Um, the, the, the amount of uh, uh, challenges that we've had to face and try and get over every day or you know, every hour at some points uh, during last week um, have just been massive. Uh, but for us, you know, being down in Brighton, um, and it seems strange to say this, but you know, come going back to sort of mid-February, there was the story about the the so-called Brighton super spreader. Oh yes, um, yeah. somebody came back from 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 Singapore um, and had the virus, and had been to a GP and so on and so forth. And I remember talking about it at the time, and I remember actually having a conversation with my um, my mother-in-law because one of her friends at that time would like refuse to come into Brighton because she was afraid of contracting coronavirus because wow. this had happened. And I remember laughing it off and saying how, how ridiculous she was being and blah, blah, blah. But also around that time, um, we were hearing from other, uh, other independent restaurants that some cancellations were being made and that they, and they were voicing that, that they were doing that on the basis of, um, of coronavirus. And that really? was sort of the back end of February. Yep. Uh, at, that, at, that, at that point, that wasn't really happening to us. What we were seeing was uh, uh, sort of the second and third, uh, sorry, the third and fourth weeks of February, we were starting to see a drop-off of uh, covers, mainly at our Vine Street um, restaurant, which is in the lane. It's, it's a very small restaurant, yeah. only 20 seats, all in one yeah. room, and it's very intimate. And yeah. um, it, it, that was where we saw uh, an effect immediately. So come, come the first week of March, we were down... Uh, 22% on covers there that week, and then the following week we were down 35%. Wow, right. Um, and we and we also at, we also had a, a 20% drop at, at the Hove at the Western Road Hove um, restaurant, which is much bigger. Um, so at that point, th- that week where we had the 35% drop at Vine Street, we essentially just broke even, and that's for a site where we've we've always had, you know. In a sense, we've always made money. It's a relatively small, affordable site to run. Um, it doesn't have a load of uh, expensive overheads, and so to have a week like that was a was a massive um, wake up call. Right. Um, so, at the end of that week, we had a meeting. I called a meeting with all all the staff. Actually, I actually to see both both as many staff, all the staff at uh, both sites separately, and we kind of talked about contingency plans and things for you know plans for safe working and um, uh, reducing the number of covers that we do at any time so that there was less, you know, more space between people. Um, but, but 
customers started cancelling explicitly saying that they were just doing so on the basis of uh, worrying about coronavirus, particularly um, large groups. Yep. Anything more than a four was basically just gone. Like that, that was that was immediately gone. Um, and, but I was trying to talk to the team at that point to the end of end of this is around the fourteenth, so middle of, of uh, March, about you know trying to stay positive and making the point to them that the customers who come in to see us now, when this is starting to you know be be of a, a risk to them, they're, they're our best customers in the world. They're the ones who need to be treated with you know, as, as much positivity as possible um, and also try and keep that the messaging that we were sending out on our social media channels positive as well, that we were open, that we were, you know, that we were waiting to, to you know, give any customers who came in the best experience that we could. Um, but that that Saturday we had um, we had 28 covers cancelled at Vine Street uh, on one Saturday night. So that was more than half of what we would have done yeah. um, on that Saturday night service. Um, and that and things kind of accelerated over that weekend. So by by Tuesday the 17th, by St Patrick's Day, um, you know the the bookings at Vine Street had literally just dropped through the floor. We had more cancellations that week than we had bookings, and similarly at, at Western Road. So I called everybody in for um, a staff meeting, and I decided to close uh, Vine Street at that point because we, we would just we would have made a loss there that week for sure. Yeah, and I had to. Uh, tell all the hourly rated staff that there wouldn't be any more hours for them for the foreseeable future, certainly not for the rest of the month, because um, I wasn't sure how long this was going to go on at that point, and kind of consolidated all the salaried staff into the larger Western Road site. And we had planned at that point to try and get to Mother's Day, which was that Sunday, and um, trade through. But day on day, it was getting, you know, things were getting, the language was getting serious, more serious. The restrictions are getting more serious and staff are getting more and more concerned. Uh, we ended up having quite a, we ended up having, I wouldn't say a good week, but it wasn't a dire week at, yeah. um, at Western Road that week. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of regulars come in and support us, which was amazing. And, you know, that really did keep us going um, uh, that week. Um, but come Friday evening, um, that week, that was when the, the shutdown of, uh, of restaurants, cafes, pubs, bars was yep. announced. So we we had all, already had in the pipeline uh, this idea about doing take home boxes, boxes which would include, which would basically, basically be a take home dinner for two. So we'd have for us, it had a burrata, an arancino, which was already cooked, which the which the customer just needed to reheat. So they could stick that in the oven to reheat while they put a uh, put a boiling water on. Uh, put the sauce in the pan, the pasta sauce in the pan, and then once the pasta is cooked, combine the two, yep. and then it'd be a dessert and cheese as well. So three courses for two people, we did for thirty pounds, and those boxes sold really well through that week and into the weekend. Um, but as you know, that, that come the following Monday was when I think that weekend was when the sun was, <laughs> uh, you know, obviously typical British weather. We'd had months and months of rain. Yeah. And the first weekend where the sun <laughs> started out. All weekend is a weekend where we're told we have to stay in and not and not meet up with anybody and not talk, you know, and, and social distancing. So uh, I'm not surprised that that wasn't necessarily uh, adhered to. And so the language that was used by by the prime minister that Monday evening was what really um, shut everything down, really. Yeah. Um, so 
you know, where, where we've kind of been left is that, you know, as much as we've tried to, to, to pivot the business and position it in different ways, you know, in some senses we've been cut off. Um, we, we registered with, um, with Deliveroo and we've got, which is something that I'd kind of pushed against for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it just, it just wasn't something that I necessarily wanted our brand to be doing, but, um, it was a kind of need must at this point, but yeah. the, the delivery stuff, the delivery kit, everything had come through this week, but the, the real the reality is that we, I don't have any staff to be able to, um, even prepare food for delivery because the staff themselves don't feel comfortable about being, um, you know, in a sense on the front line, which is a pretty yeah. uh, course to take. It's completely, you know, particularly because we don't, I don't want to, you know, we have quite a mature workforce, if you know what I mean, and teams. So a lot of them have kids, a lot of them, you know, married. So there are concerns in their household about whether, you know, they're not, you know, teenagers or in the early twenties living on their own and just, doing whatever they want um sure. so there's pressures from them for them to be out um and um and you know and also going to, to be honest the the takeover boxes that we did we were working from the stock that we already had in in the restaurant so we didn't we didn't waste anything um and trying to get i know other operators who have been continuing with uh takeaway or, or delivery at this point um have been struggling to get resupplied by um by suppliers because obviously they're in the same boat they're um, their workforces have been reduced, and also there's a, there's a the obvious issue of credit. Uh, you're trying to work with um, suppliers who either stopped credit or massively reduced it. Um, that makes it difficult to to work as well. Sure. Because um, we also, you know, the other idea we had is we we had planned for this week to actually run the Western Road site as a community shop to you know try and have. Uh, not only the, the stuff that was going in our take-home boxes, but but more provisions, so things like milk, bread, uh, flour. Because obviously we, you know, we could find ways to uh, work our suppliers to um, provide that where possible. But again, like that's just that's obviously not um, going to work with the current guidelines that have been set by the government. You mean the social distancing uh, guidelines? Social distancing, but also yep. just like you know, I think I think um, people. Uh, you know, it's it's almost like trying. We can't ask people to come out, to buy, you know, for you know essential uh, trips out of the house to buy a burrata. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so sure. we we need to be, you know, we need to be realistic about this. And also, as as a brand and as a business, we need to do our part. We don't we don't want to be enticing people to be putting themselves at risk. Um, and I think if we were already doing some of these things, I think if we were already doing delivery, I think if we were already doing uh, takeaway options, um, then continuing with them might have been okay or, or seen as okay. But I, I felt at the time, at the beginning of this week, that trying to add a new arm to our business uh, at the time just didn't feel like the right um, kind of context, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. I, I didn't want to, uh, you know, obviously don't want to, I don't want to portray our brand as trying to profiteer from really not that, not that we would be but i don't want people to think that that might be um something that, that might be happening um but in any event you know as i say that that those kind of decisions have been taken out of my hands by by essentially just not having staff to be able to operate that and when when things relax a little bit and change then then we'll look at this again and we're, we're ready to go 
and it looks like you, you you've been doing a lot of stuff to keep your brands going on on social media I, i've seen um numerous um cooking classes i think some aim, aimed at kids and some aimed at adults can you tell me a little bit about that yeah i mean uh essentially we, we no longer have the the physical uh interaction that we've we've always have had and enjoyed with with our customers so the, the next space that we can we can uh, live in is is online, and we have a good um, social media presence. Particularly, we've always uh, preferred Instagram over anything else. That's just the platform that that mostly works for us. Um, and we've always had in our mind to do a lot of the things that we now uh, have time to do. So we've always talked about you know having content on there, which is essentially sharing our knowledge and experience. Um, with our followers and customers and supporters. So Jamie Holsell, our head chef, ran the first Instagram Live um, Pasta Masterclass uh, the, other, the other evening, which went pretty well. Um, and and for some reason, I've, I've decided to do the same this evening at 5 p.m. with my kids to do a kids masterclass. I mean, I've done these before. <laughs> I've, I've run them at my daughter's nursery. I've run them at um, my son's school, and I've done them for other people as well. Uh, I've done them in the restaurants. They're really simple. If nothing else, it's just to give uh, kids a chance to um, do something a little bit new and also understand where food comes from. Um, that you know, dried pasta doesn't just come out of the machine. Um, that that something there is a process to making food. Um, so we're doing that. We're we're trying to uh, expand that a little bit by collaborating with. Uh, other other brands and suppliers that we work with. So tomorrow, uh, Saturday uh, afternoon, we've, we're going to let um, Regal Road, the Moose, essentially take over our channel. And Mark Ward, who's the founder of uh, Regal Road, the Moose, is going to run a Negroni and Aperitivo um, little masterclass. It'll only be 20 minutes, half an hour, uh, mostly just talking about, you know, how to make a great Negroni, but also how to make, simple three-step drinks from from what you might have at home and how to pimp okay. up um, your your simple spirit and mixer um, you know it, this is all kind of to, to be honest a lot of it at, at its base is about us just keeping busy and keeping our mind off what has actually happened to, to our business over the last 14 days or so so, um, so is, is, is the entirety of, of, of your of, of the staff at Chin Chin furloughed aside from yourself or are you yeah. furloughed as well yeah yeah well, yeah. I'm technically furloughed, but I mean, you know, a business owner never really stops working. So yeah. uh, I'm only really furloughed for the purpose of whether I can um, get some support for the wage that I have paid myself. But then this has been the this has been one of the most difficult things for me as a business owner is that obviously things are moving so quickly, day day after day, hour after hour, and you're trying to make decisions for the business but also for yourself and for the and most of all for the team and a lot of the time you're having to make decisions without very much information at all so even when this you know furlough idea or, or job retention scheme um, initiative was announced you know there was so there are still so many questions to be answered and at some point i've had to just take a view and say to the team right this is what we're doing this is the information i currently have there are lots of questions that, that fall out of this that I can't answer for you right now, and I will as soon as I can. And if what I'm doing by way of pay um, for you turns out to be incorrect or there are extra um, there is extra support that I can get for you, then I will do that. But I just have to kind of keep moving it on. Um, 
So, so David, I also, I also hear that you are working um, with the NHS to provide food for some people there. Yeah, um, this this is a contact that um, I was passed to um, via the Brighton Restaurant Association. It's so Brighton Restaurant Association is has been up to this point quite an informal uh, group, but uh, myself, um, Olivia Reed, who used to be the um, the GM at the Salt Room and at Terra Terre, and um, as well uh, Amanda Menahan, who um, was the owner at Passier yep. um, in Brighton. Uh, the three of us have been trying to formalise this group uh, a bit more, and it, it it is formal in anything other than the name, really. Um, but from that, uh, there's been a couple shout-outs from different uh, organisations. For example, the Brighton Home Food Partnership have also been asking for help. Um, but this is from the NHS Food Bank, uh, and I've been speaking to a guy called Simon Livermore there. Um, the, the food that I produced yesterday, so I, I, I went into um, the Western Road site, uh, my Western Road site alone, essentially, and produced um, 25 portions of pasta and sauce for uh, NHS midwife nurses. And I didn't realize this till after I'd um, produced the food. But the reason that they are in need is because uh, midwives, uh, nurses, midwifery nurses are obviously very high risk because they're working with uh, patients who they're in very close, very close physical contact with lots of lots of breathing and and (laughs) all all that sort of thing. And so because of that, because of that, those midwife um, nurses have self-isolated themselves away from their families at the moment because they don't want to bring any of that risk home. Oh, I see. So they're quite, quite, yeah, quite um, uh, isolated, you know, literally. So I was happy to do that. And um, what they are trying to do, they're, they're now trying to, they have started crowdfunding. I'll try and get some informa- more information on this and pass it on to you if I can. Um, they're crowdfunding to try and uh, reimburse because obviously I, you know I, I had no issue with doing that as a donation to them and but going forward they like to reimburse uh, restaurants if nothing else for their costs right. to um, to basically broaden the what they can provide for NHS frontline workers so again that's another thing just working on at the moment to try and um, help out and and keep myself busy to be to be quite honest because yeah, what a great you know, thing it felt so good yesterday to be doing something yeah rather than sitting at home wondering what we were going to do next. Yeah, we, I was speaking to a, a restaurateur in a Nottingham, um, chef called Alex Bond, and he's done something quite, quite similar. I think it, he cooked about 200 very, very simple meals and just delivered them to, to a hospital for, for the staff. Um, yeah. So I think that's a really, really positive thing. And yeah, what, I mean, you, obviously you, so the business is, is in many ways sort of in hiatus at, at, at the moment. Yeah. How yeah. confident are, are you that Chin Chin will, will reopen when this is all over? And what are you putting in place financially to sort of make sure that that happens? Um, so I'm I'm fairly confident that, that we will reopen. And um, I'm, I'm determined that we will not only reopen, but we will come back, you know, better and not, maybe not necessarily bigger but, <laughs> but certainly more focused i i think for sure um having having this this whole experience and especially having the time earlier this week where it was kind of taken out of my hands as to what happens to the, the business and what we can and can't do was really sobering it really 
made me sit up and realize that, you know, how much I love this business and how much I love, you know, um, the people I work with and, and the brand that I've, that I've worked hard to, to build and that I'm just not going, I'm not prepared to let it fall, fall away. And I mean, unfortunately, I probably also realized that I'm probably never going to retire, that I really love working and having even just having like one day off um, where I'm not, I'm not doing anything at all is like really grated with me, which is um, another thing to, to, um, to, to put aside. But the issue, the real issue is what happens, you know, in the medium to long term, because as it stands, I have a, in a sense, an informal moratorium uh, agreed with my landlords. So they understand that I'm not paying rent at the moment and they've agreed that they're not going to take any action against me because of that. Um, But what happens when the government announces, okay, business can go back to trading again, because obviously that rent will still be owing. Of course. Um, Same applies applies for um, HMRC and uh, suppliers. And, you know, so what needs to happen in the medium term, at least, is that there isn't a kind of, flick of a switch back on okay yeah guys you need to start uh repaying that debt and we'll take this much per month or whatever there needs to be there needs to be a, a continuation of the sharing of, of the pain so to speak yeah. for businesses to survive and that includes that includes mine um yeah it's going to have to be that way otherwise as you say it, it's just not going to yeah. work is it i mean restaurants aren't high, mar- high margin businesses so they can't just suddenly no, no. start generating more more profit than, than they did before and we and we don't have and we don't have we're not sitting on big cash reserves, so we're we're not prepared for this at all. And um, uh, and you know that that's that's shown immediately by uh, the choices that, that that restaurants are immediately facing with, with relation to staff. You know, you had a choice last week. I had a choice last week of either putting the business into administration and saying, right, that's it, um, um, laying off all the staff, and um, and then they'd end up having to go onto universal credit and ending up with very, very small contribution from the businesses towards their, their earnings, um, making everybody redundant, which again is not really an option because I would have had to have paid yeah. out notice pay to all of, all of the staff, but then they would, they would then have no jobs. So that would only give them a month's breathing space, but also the company would probably be finished or this, this job retention scheme, uh, furloughed 80% uh, approach, which we've taken and we're just going to have to ride with it a little bit and and see where we get to. But as I say, we're, we're we are um, positive that we are going to reopen. Um, and it's just it's just how long the hard road is going to be back. Well, David, that looks like a, a sensible place to to, to leave it. And um, yeah, thank you very much for um, for speaking to us. Pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for your time.